0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. We are so glad to have you here with us today. We appreciate you. It's so great to have you listen in. Whether this is the first time you've joined us or you've heard all of the episodes that we've ever done, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. It's really great to spend a little bit of time with you each week and bring to you some amazing people. Sometimes they're people you've never heard about. They're just folks that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person was out in the world doing that amazing thing and I've never heard of it. Others of them, uh, you know, it may have been that way the first time I brought them to you and then when I repeat their whole episode or portions of their episodes, you're like, oh, I love this one. Um, And then, of course, we have returning guests, and I love it when uh, some of my friends get to be able to come back in again and share with us their unique brilliance, both what's happened in their life since last time we've talked, as well as that thing, that purpose, that reason that they're here that makes what they do so powerful and so impactful. In the world. And I'm excited today that Nafisa is going to be sharing with us throughout most of the course of this particular episode because really we want to focus in on what life do you want to live? You see, so often we get caught up in our business that it's actually our business that ends up running us instead of us running our business. And there becomes literally resentment against this inanimate objects of our business because it isn't what we want to do uh, Some of that let's be honest it's our fault some of that is our fault because we um, you know we assume mm-hmm. that we should be in a business that um, you know for whatever reason it may be something that's a trend something that seems interesting at the time whatever that might be, We just, uh, you know, make the assumption that this is the business I should be in. Maybe it's because, you know, it's a family business and, um, you know, our family told us that's what we were going to do. Maybe it was something we were excited about, but it wasn't based in the core of our passion. Lots of reasons, um, and and I don't know that we're going to really talk today about why you got in that position, but we are going to talk about what you should be doing. We're going to take really the positive approach to it. And really talk about your life, because if you're not living your best life, it really doesn't matter. Now I heard an interesting phrase the other day. You know the age-old you know money can't solve you know money can't buy happiness. Um, I actually heard a guy that totally disagreed with that the other day and said, absolutely money can buy happiness. I think I uh, uh, I think I would fall probably more in lines with what Tony Robbins has said many times, and that's. That money can't buy happiness, but it will allow you to arrive to your troubles in a limo as opposed to on foot. (laughs) And I think that part's definitely true. Um, You know, in most cases in life, uh, the things that we're facing can be eliminated um, or at least reduced if there is money to be able to either pay to fix it, pay somebody to fix it, or those kind of things. So, you know, there are some real advantages to it. But often, if we base what we do on finance, just purely, I can make a lot of money doing this, but it isn't based in the core of our passion. More importantly, it doesn't allow us the life that allows us to thrive, then it really becomes an effort in futility. Because in the end, you only get one pass through this life. Now imagine if at the end of your life you've amassed wealth, you've amassed success, whatever it is that you're chasing after, you have the largest number one on the Fortune 500 list uh, business and you started it from scratch out of your basement. Um, But what if the cost of doing that is that you know you have no life you have no family you have no love um, I always and I've used uh, this gentleman before I've never said his name and I, and I won't again today for, for his family I'm pretty sure he's passed since I knew him in the uh, you know later 80s early 90s but the gentleman was incredibly wealthy he may literally be the wealthiest person that I've ever personally met and um, But And he was at a retirement age-ish when I met him. You know, he was in his late 60s and was really just basically investing in a company that I was working with. And the problem was, is, is that although he had more money than at that point, especially in my life, I could even imagine, he had no happiness whatsoever. He lived inside of a walled complex. He built the walls himself that were, you know, tall, like 10-foot walls. He had literally imprisoned himself. His family didn't come to visit him. He didn't really have any friends. The people that he worked with in business were very leery of him because he was a shark. Um, Not in that, like, Cute, cool way like they are on Shark Tank, but in that frightening, um, I'm going to eat you alive kind of shark way, he was that kind of individual in real life, um, and he wasn't, he wasn't somebody you were going to go over and have a cup of coffee with, you know, he wasn't the guy you were going to call on a Saturday afternoon and say, hey, you know, you want to get together and just hang out, um, and he didn't have anybody like that in his life, and so the amassing of wealth. The multiple businesses that he had ran, uh, none of it made any difference. Um, My good friend Errol Abramson, who's been on this show, said, you know, you get to the place where you've bought all the shirts, uh, you know, the Armani suits, and you've driven and owned the Ferraris and the planes and all that kind of stuff, and you really get to the point where you realize that the important thing in your life is significance, And most all of us are going to go through that um, that transition to move from success to significance. Success is important. We need to have it in order to feel fulfilled in life, but significance, now that's what we really want because that then means that we have a life, that we're making an impact in the world, that we're doing the kind of things that literally only we can do. You see, there's a lot of people that um, are very imaginative and can come up with world-changing kind of things, but there's nobody that can do what you can do. Um, There have been, I mean, I always use Oprah as an example because there have been uh, talk show hosts, male and female, that have had really good success in their show. You know, There's been a lot of them that have been you know, hit and miss and they're in for a year or two and then they're gone. But there are others that have had massive amounts of success. No one has had the level of success recognition and those kind of things as Oprah has had because uh, nobody was meant to fill that space that Oprah held down so well. And there's a loss in the world from there not being a daily Oprah show. And she brings to us many, many things that are, you know, just mind-blowing these days, too. Um, and she does all of it by being Oprah. And in the end, she even said on her show there in that last year, maybe even the last uh, the last show, that it was time for her to move into the significance in her life. That instead of having a daily show drive her, that she could then, you know, sit back on her estate and uh, you know, have casual conversations in chairs with wonderful people and share them and share the blessing of them with the world, but have it be on her time frame. You see, even with the success that Oprah had, she realized that there was another step she could go to, that there was significance, there was a life that could be had now. There's two ways we can go about it. We can amass wealth, success, uh, you know, accolades, the joy, the appreciation of others in our life and put ourselves on the back burner, or worse yet, not even on the burner, our whole entire life. Or we can simply take it upon ourselves to really embrace who we are what life we want to live, and how we best can have the business, the plan, the vision, the purpose that we have, Um, you know, that we are meant to hold down in this world and be able to really truly then live that life in the world and then from there have the, the success and all of those kind of things. For those of you who haven't seen or rather heard the last episode I did with Nafisa Shireen, I do encourage you to listen to it. I kind of just reviewed here in the last 5-10 minutes um, pretty much everything that Nafisa and I talked about the last time um, about having that real lifestyle and having the life you want and really determining that before making some final decisions about what business you were going to run. And so now, right after this commercial break, we're going to jump into it with Nafisa, and we're going to talk about life, about the changes that happen in our lives, about things, the curves that come, and about how life isn't just, you made a decision when you were 20, and that's the life you have to live, but rather that life is fluid, And that by becoming aware of who you are, where you are, and where you want to go, at each stage in your life, you can have a significant, amazing, impressive life, and you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com. Check us out and find out
0: how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back.
1: We are going to talk to you today about the life that you want to live, and we are just so excited. To have back with me my great friend, Nafisa Shireen. She is going to, well, who knows what she's going to share with us. Last time she was with us, we discovered the concept of, well, yeah, but what life do you want to live with the business you're running? And so let's just see where she's at and what exciting stuff might come out. Hi, Nafisa, how are you today?
2: I'm awesome, Steve. I'm so happy to be back and honored to be back with you today. This is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know what I'm going to say either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, catch us up. You know, it was a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. that you were on the show. Um, Just tell everybody what has happened in your life the last couple of years. You can even talk about Murphy a little bit if you want to. (laughs) Murphy,
2: sure. (laughs) Well, um, you know, it's funny you bring up Murphy and and talking about what we talked about in the last episode, it has been a couple of years. And, um, you know, we've been, we have two businesses in the house, so we've been keeping quite, quite busy. And, um, you know, Murphy is the latest addition to our family. He's a new little pug. And it's interesting you bring him up based on a theme that we were talking about, you know, because one of the things that we spoke about um, on our original interview was about having a life that works for us and, you know, and building the business to fit around that, right? And so Murphy came to us when my other pug passed away. And so that I think that's probably the biggest thing for me, because I don't have children, and so my, my animals are my children. Um, my He was almost 17, and he passed away um, a year and a half ago. And that was a really hard time for me. And at that time, I mean, it, it I, I have never experienced grief like that. And it was really amazing to have a business that was set up in a way that i could make the choice to just shut it down <laughs> and i had team and you know systems are really important for any you know for being able to do that and they took over and i by having great relationships with my clients and really teaching them to model to have a business that works for them they all kind of understood that that was my philosophy and my i told my team you know what i don't really want to even i mean You guys do my social media, but I don't feel it's appropriate to have it out there right now. So just deal with the back end, right? And, you know, Steve, uh, bills got paid. I got paid. My team got paid. And I spent two weeks on the couch watching TV, mourning my dog, journaling, probably having a little bit of champagne (laughs) because I like my champagne, (laughs) and eating junk food. And I was able to take that time for myself, and I think that was a really, really important thing that I learned in having a business that that it supports you in all of life's moments, not just the good ones but even the painful ones because we all we can't escape that uh, no matter who we are and then um Murphy came along four months later. he was actually conceived the same day that that pug passed away and and so he was born two months later, and then we brought him home two months after that. so I've had this little little Force of nature living with us for the last year and a half that 's also taught me that i 've had to you know make some adjustments <laughs> in how we operate because he doesn 't care what i 've got what deadlines I have or what i 'm launching he wants what he wants when he wants it, <laughs> and so we 've learned to adapt to that so that that 's the that 's the Murphy story um, other than that you know we 've been we 've been really going forward in the business and we 've really been uh, busy with our YouTube uh, channel and YouTube show and um, really bringing horses a lot more into some of the work I'm doing and so that's kind of kind of where we're at right now and it's uh it's been a it's been a ride and it's all to me it's always fun no matter what happens i mean my my dog dying wasn't fun but um it's all part of the journey i think
1: and we've kind of actually transitioned into more like your life because my, our youngest is now actually living with her boyfriend. They've got their first place. And so it's just, just our little mocha here, you know, So yeah. you know, we're living in that kind of same world too. Yeah. So you always talk about, and it's just, you know, I told you before we started recording, I refer to you constantly because <laughs> it's such an important part. And I don't know anybody else that's really teaching the concept of, yes, but what kind of life do you want to live? So can you kind of dive into that for us a little bit? Talk about the concept of defining your life before you define your business.
2: Well, I mean, what else, I mean, what's it about, right? You know, I think it's so easy to just get into our head that we have to get up in the morning, we go to work, we have a job and you you punch in, you punch out, you get your paycheck, you're, you're, you feel like a slave to this job. And a lot of entrepreneurs, when they leave that environment, and they come into their own business. They haven't left that part behind. And I think there's just such a—I um, don't know if it's societal or culture or how we're raised or, or brought up to believe—that life isn't fun. And but life is really about us, right? And I've—I've I've really realized that to get to that level of freedom that you know we have, um, it—it's not about the money and. It's not about the systems. All those are really important things. (laughs) You need them. Um, But none of that's going to work unless you get really free on the inside first. And that internal freedom is what allows you to build that. And so when you get internally free, you stop caring what people think. You start to say, it's okay for me to want what I want when I want it, how I want it. (laughs) Um, it you're comfortable saying no to things that don't serve you. And you're comfortable to go after what you want without apology, even if there's going to be a risk involved um, and even if it's scary. And so when you can get that piece of internal freedom, then it gets really easy to, to say, okay, well, what, what do I really want? I think so many people come from the perspective of what do I think I can get or what should I do or I shouldn't do this because it'll upset so-and-so or this doesn't happen in our family. And I just think there's that, a pervasive belief out there and if we don't leave that behind when we start our businesses we can replace our job with a job we create for ourselves and not be any happier and so i really feel that you know if you're not our time on this planet is short you know so if you're not doing what you love to do it's time to do something different and and i believe when we look at the, our businesses It needs to serve us, not the other way around. Sure, you know, in the beginning when you're starting up, you've got to bring stuff to your business. There's no doubt about it. And sometimes there's short-term sacrifice, but the key word is short-term, right? And if you're working with the end goal in mind, then you're changing your thinking and you're keeping your thinking and your mind and your mindset on what you actually want. And then the hows and the decisions and the actions start to align So I think it's just getting really clear on that first piece and and getting that internal freedom to say, yeah, it's okay to want what I want. And this is what I want. And everybody's freedom is different, right? Because some people, they want to travel the world and they want to stay at all these fancy places and they want to work on their laptop. Um, You know, for me, uh, hey, I like a vacation now and then, but I I you know me, I love my horses, right? So my freedom is having that time in my schedule or having, you know, a nice dinner with friends and family. So those are the things that are most important. And then that makes the work um, more interesting because you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur and my, I'm imagining most people listening to this are entrepreneurs. There are days where it's not fun. <laughs> you, got, you just go like, what the heck am I doing today? Or, or a challenge comes up or something breaks. And if you don't, if all you're working for is to work, it's hard to, it would be really hard to get through those times. And so it's, it's your life is what is, is your big why. That's how I look at it.
1: So what do you say to the person? Um, and I was actually thinking as you were talking a couple of years ago was when I was coaching for e-women and uh, there was a lot of people that just really have never taken that time to define who am I? Um, mm-hmm. so how does a person take that first step, you know, to go from mom and dad said I was this way, the job I've been working said I'm this person to really stopping and defining who am I?
2: I don't know that you can actually take a moment in time and do that. Um, I think that's a, a self-evolvement and we're always evolving, you know, just like what we were talking about before we started the recording with our goals of, of bringing a lot of the horse work into some of what we're doing. And it's, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen in the next little while. That wasn't something that I just woke up and had an epiphany about, right? It, it, it evolves. So I think the very first step, and I like to think of tangible action steps is to just kind of say, well, what if, and, and allow yourself to have the thoughts that you maybe would Shut down, right? And go, no, that's ridiculous, right? If you're if you're going to tell yourself, no, that's ridiculous, I want to invite you to go explore that thought, because <laughs> that's where that's where some magic lies, and and then start to allow it and start to ask yourself, well, well, what if, right? Um, and and allow yourself to let life show you, and allow yourself to get into situations or to make decisions where you go, I love this, and also allow yourself to get experiment and try things and then go, you know, I don't like this very much and then say no and move on. That's, I think it's just an involvement.
1: Do you find, uh, because I know you work on this with a lot of people, do you find that a lot of times um, what is the core of us? It's so much just a part of how we are that we just kind of negate it. We're like, oh, everybody can do that.
2: Do you mean like our skill or like, I sorry, I don't quite understand the question. Yeah, like
1: our skill or even just the core of what we're passionate about in life. You know, we just, we assume that because it's so much the core of who we are, that it's just common to everybody in the world as opposed to realizing that it's unique to us.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, it's, you know, we, we might, if it's simple to us, that's our gift. That doesn't mean it's simple to other people. Right. And I think, um, if you love to do something, and there's you know, your personal loves, and then there's your professional loves, and if you can have a personal and professional love that intersect, and you can make money at it, it's going to seem incredibly simple for you. Um, but if it was that simple, everybody else would be doing it, um, and they're not. And so it's I think it's human nature to not realize that it's sometimes in this this the things that seem the simplest to us that are the most valuable to other people.
1: What is the simplest of things in your life? That thing that you do with grace with ease that you've discounted. Stop for just a second during this commercial break and think about what kind of an impact you could make in the world. If you just simply shared the heart, the soul, the core of that significant you that you discount, have you said to yourself, have you ever said, oh, well, everybody can do that. That's no big deal. Do you ever get a compliment and rather than thanking the person for it, you say, oh, well, you know, that's no big deal. Somebody says, oh, this is amazing, and you're like, ah, no big deal, anybody can do that. Somebody says, wow, you really hit it out of the park with that particular speech you just did, and you're like, ah, you know, it was no big deal. It's those kind of things, and, and a lot of us struggle with knowing how to just simply say thank you when we're complimented. I totally understand that, but there's a key in what Nafisa was just saying, and that really has to do with... Learning the power behind really acknowledging what you do that's good. What can you do that nobody else can do? And have you discounted your amazing, incredible ability because of the fact that you're trying to be humble? You're trying to uh, be self-effacing, um, effacing, rather. Um, you know, those kind of things. Um, To quote the old Bob Newhart uh, line, stop it. Don't do that. You are amazing and you need to be able to be the one who blows your own horn and lets the world know what is amazing and significant about you. And with you doing that, then you allow yourself and others to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Think about that one and we'll be right back. Youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best selling author
0: today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. You're listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm here today with Nafisa Shireen, and we are talking about, uh, you know, really having your life fit into your business. Well, actually, let me say that the other way. Having your business fit your life, to really love and enjoy every moment of every day of what you do you know is it the time with your children is it like Nafisa time with your horses or with your dogs Um, you know Kathy and I have moved into a whole completely different lifestyle now where all of the kids are finally grown and it's just us and Mocha and you know there's some really great wonderful cute times with that adorable little dog that we love way too much Um, and that's cool too That's a different stage in life. Um, You know, and it's where are you in life? I mean, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be a single parent and have, uh, you know, the challenges of providing for the family and taking care of the children and things like that. I know what it's like to be a young parent and be the parent of teens and all those different kind of things. One of the things I love is the new transition of getting to be a grandparent. Uh, For those of you who haven't experienced that one yet, that is freaking wonderful. You know, I mean, grandkids are God's gift to you as the grandparent to get to sit back and watch them torment your child uh, for all the things that you ever went through. I'm just kidding. But it really is fun to see uh, their little minds work and, and sometimes, you know, the guilty pleasure of seeing them drive your daughter or your son crazy. Could can be a lot of fun too. The question is, is your life, where are you right now and how can you have the most significant, the most valuable life and then do that in business so that you really thrive while you're working in business? Have we given you some ideas yet? I hope that as we go through this time with Nafisa in this next segment here, that we can spark some ideas in you and you can really get some ideas on how you can have the most significant life possible in your business while you live your life and thrive. Does that sound good? We got a great opportunity last time you and I talked to challenge people to create a life and then have the business fit into that life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to take it, you know, kind of the next step. Sure. So a person that gets inspired by that concept and wants to work with you, what would the beginning part of working with you look like? How does that, how do you begin to get a person into that world? You know, because it's so different from how we typically are coached. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Steve, I, I'm a little different than a lot of coaches in the sense that I don't have a seven-step formula or blueprint, <laughs> right? Um, because no no two businesses are alike because no two entrepreneurs are alike. We're all different. And so while there's 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 basic principles that apply to every business that we would apply on the business side, I always start with the person first. And so we will usually start with a, an in-depth retreat and a VIP day. And you know, some people come in ready f- to go, okay, well, what's my next step? What's the how-to? Blah, blah, blah. And I just go, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going there today, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, we d- and it's through a lot of questioning and through visualizations and through different exercises. And it depends on the person on the intake, you know, specifically what we do. We come up with them getting – I wouldn't say a hundred percent clear because it's really hard when you've had that confusion in your head your whole life and not even realizing you're confused or you you haven't been ad- saying what you want or what your brilliance is to just go oh that's what it is today right? <laughs> but where they get clear is we open we open that up and we we go into places where they haven't been before and and it's a lot of questions. There's usually a lot of tears and we get we start to open up, like, what are, what are the desires that people want? And then, and then we'll make some interim action plans. However, once that's been open, um, it's, it's, you know, it's like the saying that says, once you've become aware, you can never be unaware. Then the client just starts to, they start to ask themselves questions on that. And that's how we end up working through, through our time together with, with some of the practical um, strategies. However, I would say most of my clients... Um, usually do some kind of pivot. Sometimes it's a small shift. Sometimes it's a huge shift. Um, and then they're, they and they get on the path to where they really want to go. So it's 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 I mean it's it's deep coaching, right? And so it's just doing that work and and realizing more importantly than anything is that I'm coaching the person, not the business. I can consult and strategize on the business, but it, there's a human being in front of me, and we got to find out what they want they have to find out what they want
1: well and, and that's part of the reason why i'm constantly referring back to the conversation we had uh, as well as other things that you and i have talked about that maybe weren't in that particular first interview mm-hmm. is because so often and it's funny cuz you mentioned you know coaches have their seven step formula you know and <laughs> and so often we're caught in a b c d e you know this is the process that if somebody Does't need C we force them to go through that still <laughs> rather than dealing with them as an individual human being
2: mhm mhm- I think it- and I mean sometimes there is a place for for a step by step, and I, I just don't look at that as coaching. I mean that's consulting and that's that's consulting on the business and that's strategizing. However, if the person doesn't need that or their business isn't going in that direction, or if there's a step that they're stuck on, it has nothing to do with the step or the formula. It has to do with the person either being afraid to do that or having uh, anxiety or having a belief about it, and that's or or them discovering, oh, I don't want to do this. Maybe it's not because they don't want to do the step. They just don't want to take their life in that direction. So those are the things where the the person is what we need to look at to really understand what they want.
1: And it really does come back to that. Mm -hmm. What kind of a life do you want to live? If you don't have that Mm -hmm. defined, how do you really know what
2: success is? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I did, I just give an example of something that happened yesterday. I mean, you know, I mean, you've been following me, and I think we did a webinar once about, and we, we used an example of, I'm going to the barn, right? <laughs> we, we talked about that one time. And um, I always build into my schedule every week slush time because I know for the life I want to live, stuff happens. Right. And so, you know, I got to the barn this week and my scheduled time and I had a lame horse and I'm like, okay, well this week's not going to go the way I wanted it to. (laughs) Right. Um, and so I had to adapt a lot of things. And, And yesterday it took five hours out of my day to deal with this. And, and it's going to take quite a bit of extra time out this week. However, I've built a business that allows me to shift around because I've, put in those non-negotiables. Now, if somebody had said to me a few years ago when I was working in corporate that I could have this life and I could have my horses, I could have my animals, I could change things around to adapt to it, I would have laughed. I'm like, who's got that kind of time or money, right? Um, Turns out I do. So it's, and it's not because um, I made the time or money that I can do this. It's because I chose this as a non-negotiable that i was able to create the time and money for it does that make sense
1: it absolutely does
2: and i think that's the the other missing piece is we say i don't have the time i don't have the money and then we don't do what we really want to do and i believe that the money will always show up if you're if you're stepping forward in accordance with your, your purpose and what you want to do and how you want to live, um, if you don't take those steps, there's no need for it to show up. You will figure it out. And so it's it's also about not letting money be the reason you don't live your life because you'll never have the money to live your life then.
0: Mm.
1: So true. I was, in fact, even going to ask you, you know, what do you say to the person that says, but Nafisa, you don't understand, um, you know, my business – runs me rather than me running your business so can you give people we've all been there we've all been there
2: it's a decision steve It, it literally is a decision now sometimes going from your business running you to you running it may not be an overnight step out um but it's still a decision. So, so when you make a decision, and a decision isn't a decision unless it shows up as my mentor says in your checkbook, your calendar, and your actions. So, just because you decide in your head that you want to run your business instead of the other way around doesn't mean it's going to happen unless you do those other things. So, then make a list and say, why is my business running me? You know, are you doing uh, too much social media? Are you running ragged? what's going on and and make those lists and then start to go, okay, well, what's the first thing I can deal with right now and get off my plate. And you know what? It's probably going to take an investment to do it. Um, Just in our own business the other day, you know, I realized that my team is stretched and we need some more help on social media because all of a sudden we're all over the place and we're not getting what we needed on that end. I don't have the time to take it on. Right. And, um, so we're, we're putting in another part-time position and we know that that will eventually pay for itself. Um, but if you were to say, well, I have to wait until it starts generating what I needed to generate before I hire that person, it's never going to happen. Right. So it comes down to a decision and it's just little steps. You just, you take one first and that first one's probably going to stretch you. And you will let, if you allow and you let, things fall into place, then you can take the next step. So it, it, it's just a decision. I mean, and I've, I've been there where I've had my business run me, or I've been there where I've had a team member get another job and be too afraid to tell me because she didn't want to hurt my feelings. And then tells me after she started the job, (laughs) I've been there, right? And you're going, okay, now what? Right. And so, yeah, for a couple of weeks, the business did have to run me. Um, But that didn't last long, Steve. I mean, I I was on the phone making phone calls, and I found a solution within like five days. So, it's it's all about a decision that that you make. It's
1: yeah, and some of it just has to do with embracing the terror, you know. Because yeah, if you look at the spreadsheet that is your budget for the month, and you start off your month afraid of what you need to be at at the end of the month, it can be kind of scary. <laughs>
2: Well, but that's, that's a really interesting point though. What you say, right? Because if you, I mean, I've done, I mean, I have lots of worksheets about this stuff and we've talked, I've had a few episodes on my YouTube channel about it too, because I just think like, okay, I, I get it and I've been there. And the thing is, if you, I mean, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And, you know, you and I have shared a mentor who's turned that into how you do money is how you do everything. Right. And so if you're afraid to take those steps and, and, um, get past that terror barrier, then what other steps aren't you taking? So if you're if you're afraid to invest in your business, if you're afraid to invest, even sometimes it could just be a few hundred dollars a month to get the help you need. If you're afraid to invest that, where else is it showing up? Is it showing up in the fact that you're not making sales calls? Is it showing up that you're not going out and networking? Is it showing up that you're not charging what you should be charging, right? It's, it's never just one thing in isolation. So you have to look at that and go, well, so what would it actually take for me to get that? Um, and then you can put what it is you want in place and then do what it takes to pay for it. It's, it, And that will probably, and, and, and that what I find is that doing what it takes to pay for it is usually what scares people more than the paying for it. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about, you know, what do you, what do you really, really want? Um, you know, and I just, I mean, if I, could, I mean, I, I'm, I'm honest with you and I share my ups and downs and I have no problems with that. You know, when I first started my business, I I will tell you, because I came from a background where I wasn't the person selling sales terrified me, you know, and it came down to a choice one day. I mean, to, so to be able to invest in something, I had to have the income. How do I get the income? I had to make a sales call, right? Look, like it's, Pretty basic. And then I remember one day saying to myself, I can't do this. I can't, I'm I'm no, this is horrible. I'm not gonna do this. That's it's beneath me. And all, you know, all the monkey mind stuff that goes through. And then I then I it hit me one day. I was I was out for a walk and I went, Well, what do I really want? And then I realized in those moments when I wasn't picking up the phone, that I wanted to not pick up the phone more than what I said I wanted for my life. And that was a real get-real moment. Like, wow. That's pretty harsh, and then then I then I was able to see my priorities, and that's what I'll ask my clients when they say they don't want to do this or they can't do that. It's like, so tell me what your goals were. So what do you want right What do you want right now? More? Do you want your goals or do you want to not take action? And that's usually enough to make people go, "Whoa, <laughs> I want my goals," and I see where I'm sabotaging myself. So when it comes to not wanting to take those steps or to go past that terror barrier, I would encourage people to ask themselves, "Is it?" The money I don't want to invest, or is it the action I don't want to take to get my money back?
1: Mm, That's good stuff. (laughs) I hope people were taking notes to that.
2: I know, I (laughs) went off on a tangent there. Sorry, Steve.
1: Oh, no, it's like I always tell everybody, (laughs) sometimes the rabbit trail is better than the whole sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... Often, in fact, I'll give you a perfect example. You'll love this story. So Kathy and I, and I'm blessed. You know, I get to work with my wife every day. So, you know, she's my business partner. Kathy and I, we uh, we have kind of a morning ritual where Mm -hmm. we get up. Uh, now, of course, we have to take care of the dog, you know, but that's just momentary. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you'd love that whole ritual, too, because now she's decided that she has to sun herself for about 10 minutes. Oh, that's before, so cute. And then she needs to go back to bed for about two hours. <laughs> Rough life. You know? Yeah. Uh, Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, you know, but then after that, we kind of start our morning with a coffee drive. You know, we drive around. We strategize. We sometimes have to just Blow up about all the crazy stuff that happened the day before, you know, just get it all out and then, you know, mm-hmm. be ready to have the day. And um, we were driving around, and we were talking about a movie that we had seen the day before. And the whole concept of the movie was really about how hard these people were working to be criminals. And yeah, they had a whole bunch of money and, you know, diamonds and jewels and all that stuff, but they were working hard at it, you know. And we were like, you know, when we really embrace what we have and how in demand it is and how easy it can sell when we, you know, are taking action and selling and getting leads and all that kind of stuff. Um, we don't have to rob banks or do anything illegal to be able to generate money. We can literally just push the button and generate money.
2: Yep. Yep. And you know, it's interesting. You say they worked really hard at it. Um, one of the things that, um, I find really fascinating. I mean I mean I study a lot of human behavior, and I've taken in a lot of NLP trainings and as, in addition to coaching. And the one thing that I know for sure is that every single human being on this planet, especially in countries like ours, where we are not oppressed, you know, where we have the freedom we do, we are all successful. Every single one of us is successful at what we decide to be successful at. Now, some people are really successful at creating a lot of misery for themselves because they're focusing on that, right? Um, but the key thing is, is we we can successfully everything we have in our life, we successfully created. And I'm not saying that to be snarky. I just think that is so empowering. And when that was presented to me, it was a mind twister because I went, huh? Right. And then I realized, yes, we will successfully create what we focus on so why not focus on what we want you know instead of what we don't want and you won't have to rob a bank you won't have to live in poverty or, or be chained to a business or chained to a job focus on what you want and it will happen so why not
1: Well, and, you know, having a negative attitude or, you know, finding all the reasons why something can't work out, whichever way you want to say it, Mm -hmm. um, it can be really about the hardest job you really can do. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when you do take that step, like you were talking about, where you find out what the resistance really is and what you're avoiding, Mm -hmm. um, with the, I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, um, what you really a lot of times discover is is that actually doing that is considerably less time effort or energy than the time that you spent (laughs) fighting against it
2: yep yeah and 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 once you do it it gets easier whatever it is that you have to do you will get better at it it will get easier it will it's not that it's always going to be pleasant you know sometimes um whether that's making sales calls or getting out there and speaking or or whatever it is there's going to be times where it works and times where it doesn't work however the thing is as long as you're you know like my company's living forward right like living forward moving forward taking that action you you're going to create positive momentum and so momentum isn't necessarily always you know it comes and goes but you're you're it's going and it's going in the direction you want so as long as you don't stop And I I truly believe that.
1: Well, and there's an old saying that it's easier to turn a moving vehicle than Mm -hmm. it is to get a vehicle that's not moving to move at all. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's ever, you know, had to help somebody push a car to the gas pump or something like that knows Mm -hmm. how much easier it is once it's rolling than that first couple of, you know, pushes to get it to even move at all.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say it's easier to stay going. It's easier to keep going than get going. (laughs) So don't stop. Right. Just just keep moving forward and you'll get there and just focus on what you want and recognize that things are going to go wrong in the day. You'll probably have as many things go wrong in a day as you have go right. So where are you going to where are you going to shine your flashlight? What are you going to choose to focus on? Because that's what you'll get more of
1: what we focus on grows. Yeah. Well, there are so many places, so many ways that a person can engage with you, you know, whether yes. they, uh, you know, want to come to Vancouver, which, you know, is gorgeous and, uh, ride horses with you. <laughs> um, or, you know, they just want to check out your YouTube, give people, uh, some of the ways that they can begin to connect with you and, uh, you know, start, living forward in their
2: life? Well, I, I think the simplest thing to do is to go to my blog, livingforwardtv.com. And um, all my shows are there. There's, you know, there's tons of free content that you can download there. I mean, everything's on that blog. <laughs> so if you go there, um, that's the best way, livingforwardtv.com.
1: LivingforwardTV.com. Yes. I promise you, everybody that's listening, if you will give some time to Nafisa, your business, your life, everything will get better. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) Um, I will put a stamp guarantee seal on that. You can even use my testimonial of that anytime you want to.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Steve. (laughs) I appreciate that. Now, that's a big, tall order to live up to, (laughs) but thank you.
1: (laughs) Very true, though. All right. Well, Nafisa, I appreciate you uh, pouring in some more to the people. It'll give us more things that I can refer to for the next, hopefully not as long as two years until the next time we have you on the show. But thanks so much.
2: Perfect. And I'm so honored to be a return guest. I loved it. I love chatting with you, Steve. Take care.
1: I love it when one of our guests says something that we're saying here on the show all the time. In the end, what you focus on grows. You know, there are bad things in our day. There's good things. We all have ups and downs. But wherever you put your energy, you know, where energy goes is where energy flows. And so you really have to decide. What am I going to do? In the end, it does become a choice. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it feels like life is just driving you around, propelling you from one thing to the next. But in the end, we really do have the choice. And some of that boils down to taking the time to determine what kind of life do I want to live? And then beginning to look at our business and our household and all the other elements of our life and learn how to be able to shape the life that we have into the life that we want. It isn't something that's going to happen just at a snap of a fingers, but if it is something that you have as intentionality in your life, something that you put your focus to and you put in the time and effort, it will work. And then you can live forward. And I love the name living forward. So really do take to heart and think about what things are important to you in your life and then focus on them in your business so that you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this, what would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you, it's not for your ego, it is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to we you thrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best selling author
0: today. Welcome back to thriving entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. I really appreciate the time you've invested in us today. It's been a fun day. I love having Defeese on the show. And as I said, you know, I'll probably end up spending the next couple of years quoting things from this show as well. It really is important that we control our focus so that what is growing in our life is really good, you know? I've said to my wife, Kathy, many times over, I wish I had a magic wand because if I had it, I would totally in her life wave my magic wand and make all of the things that are negative in her life go away and give her nothing but hopes and dreams and promises and everything she wants in life. Um, and as wonderful of a sentiment that that is, we all know that that's just not real, that in life... There are ups, there are downs, there are times when life is just so amazing that you can't believe that you get to be the one living it. And there are times when life is so horrible and gut-wrenching that you just aren't sure whether you'll make it through the next minute, let alone the day. At every level, at every end of that equation, there comes decisions that you've made before that day. You know, in the good times, are you set up to be able to celebrate the good things in your life? And in the bad times, do you have the ability, like Nafisa was saying early on, you know, to just take a couple weeks off and mourn, to uh, have a crew that will come up underneath of you and support you in what you're doing? Um, so that you can take care of yourself. We are going to get sick. I wish, uh, you know, again with that magic wand, I wish that I could just somehow give you the miracle cure that would keep you well for the rest of your life. But we all know that at some point we're going to have something from the sniffles all the way to really bad sicknesses. Do we have in place the things in our business that will allow us to continue on? I think it's really important to have... In advance, created that kind of a life so that then you can really live fulfilled and you can live on purpose. As, uh, you know, my good friend Tia Ross, her book, Living on Purpose with a Purpose, you know, that really is what we all need to be doing. Because in the end, to steal an old quote, and I've heard many people say it, Lisa Nichols being one of them, your message isn't for you. It's not about you. It's not about our own egos. It's not about how great it feels when we put out our book and become a bestseller or we, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the thing might be for you. It really truly is about the person that you're meant to serve. It's about them. Your gifting, your talent, that thing that you do so well with such grace, with such ease, the answers to problems, the things that you've come through and now are an expert at making it out of and beyond, those kind of things are meant for the people that we were created to serve. And when we don't do it, the life, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, will come up and find a solution for it. But it's not the point. It's not the purpose. You know, whether you believe in the Bible or not, the, the story of Joseph um, is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. And the outcome of that story Is that because he became a slave, was imprisoned, all the horrible things that happened in his life, he rose to a place to be able to save his whole family from starvation. And really, actually, most of the civilized world in that moment because of where he was at that point in time. But the thing is, is is that I don't think that was the perfect plan. I think there was a better, happier more productive path to get him to that same place. But when things happen, when people wrong us, when stuff comes up in our life, there is a way. And when we are fully committed to being who we were meant to be, nothing can stand in the way of that either. Not family that betrays and hates us, not imprisonment, not things that we've done wrong and things that we were wrongfully accused of, none of that can stand in our way of fulfilling our purpose and our destiny on the planet. If we simply hold on and continue on sharing that message that we have with the world, we would love to have you put your story out there to join us at bestsellersguild.com and be part of our story part of the change that's happening in the world, we want that for you. We want to help support you in sharing your message and serving the people that only really in the end, only you can serve to filling that space in the world that was always meant for you. The greatness that is yours. Don't undermine whatever you're called to do, whatever you're meant to do in life as being less than because it's not. There is nobody on this planet that can be you. We need you to be you so that the world can be the place, the best version of the world that it can possibly be. Because you see, you are uniquely brilliant. There truly is no one else like you that can be you. You were created for a purpose God was so interested in having you come about that whatever it took to create the DNA that makes up you, he made that happen because there's a purpose for you. The world needs you. We really do. And we really hope you will share your message, that you'll join us at bestsellersguild.com, and you'll know that Kathy and I are here to help you live every day of your life. As a thriving entrepreneur, we want that for you. And we hope until next time that you will have a fabulous and amazing, great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: youthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.